Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight. I am your host, David Smith, and today I am joined by IFA board member, chairman of the board actually, Richard Hardian who is a longtime friend, and today he's going to be co-hosting the podcast with me. So we've got with us Eliana Hardian, Kenna Hardian, and Jenna Smith. Eliana is a high school senior, and the other two ladies have just graduated from homeschool high school. All right, so ladies, I, just a few questions as we continue along. Could you imagine not being homeschooled what would that like and be for you i can imagine it but i don't like what i'm imagining yeah the reality doesn't really seem uh, very appealing yeah. in the least i mean the there's such a huge difference even between my homeschooled friends and my public schooled friends who are christians that i'm so glad my parents chose to homeschool me i mean those who like do public school they tend to you know they tend to be a little more worldly if and that let, makes let sense. things slide so they don't right. they don't stay to their own views they they more try to make allowances in what they believe so compromise fit, yeah to right. compromise with the rest of the world cuz they won't i don't know it's what they're getting taught 6 hours a day exactly and also you want to go along to get along right some folks don't like confrontation right mm-hmm. yeah yep. nobody likes to be the outsider I've had conversations even with homeschooled friends that um, they just, they want to keep their head down Mm. and it's all about the way you're looking at the world. If you don't want to um, advance the kingdom, you're not going to speak up and speak out and there is no, there are no rusty swords on the battlefield. So when you are keeping your head down, who are you fighting for, really? That's right. Exactly. And, and Romans says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And in a world that continuously tells us to conform to what other people believe and and um, to leave behind the things we've been taught and to instead, you know, search out our own truth, not what the Bible tells us to do. It's it's a, it's a hard thing to, to grasp. Yeah. And this is why it's so important to be grounded in scripture, because if you're using your anchor, you won't drift. For sure. That's so, so true. Well, you guys drifted right off that question of imagining <laughs> not being homeschooled. But I, I would imagine that's... It's, that means you would you think you, were, you weren't anchored, right? You would be drifting, uh, prone to drifting at least. Absolutely. Right. We wouldn't really have someone giving us a strong foundation mm-hmm. because... What we'd be getting taught is just all of the stuff in the world is good. And we it also, it depends if we were actually in public school, how we turned out would mainly result in how much you as fathers were discipling us at home outside right. of the school. Absolutely. Say that again, Jenna. Right. That how we turn out would depend on you as fathers and how you discipled us at home. Being discipled intentionally intentionally yes all right is 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 vitally important because we know homeschool families and and some of the kids who have bought into some of the 
lies that the devil is selling out there in the public square, right? Yeah, That's exactly. true. So true. Like, if you don't train up your child in the way he should go, exactly, it's very hard for them to like, I, and he'll wander off. Well, we have seen friends who were homeschooled yes. and then went to a public school and there was a change. Oh, so, for sure. So let, let's mm-hmm. talk about... Or to a college. Or right. to a college. So let's, let's talk about these, this question. Um, first, what's the difference between you and your friends that go to public school? And so that we are keeping it in line with what we were just talking about, talk also about what you're seeing the difference in the belief system of your friends, Christian or not, who have been homeschooled and then go to public school. What are you seeing different? They tend to want to compromise more. And I know we said this earlier, but there's more of a, like, we want to get along with the world. The willingness to please. Right. Not realizing, you know, that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Mm. They just don't get that part of Well, because the they're in the world about, right. what, five, six days a week. Exactly. And totally. I think it's, it's George Barna who says that your worldview is formed by the time that you are mm-hmm. 13. And so to be a child that's growing up in a, a secular perspective and to have you know most of your day be filled with things that your parents may not tell you to do then your worldview and the way you're going to grow up is going to be pretty set yeah and if they're teaching you in school six hours a day things that are contrary to the word of god you know one hour on sunday morning or one hour on wednesday evening is not going to counteract no especially since you're counterbalance hearing that Mm -hmm. all the time every moment and it's like brainwashing so would you be surprised if i told you that george barna who is a famous christian pollster i think you just mentioned it Mm -hmm. right ellie he says that only six percent of americans have a biblical world view does that surprise you a little knew it was a low number i didn't realize it was that low is that is that is so sad is he saying that only six percent have a Christian worldview? Like or identify only, as having a Christian only, worldview? No, only six no, percent no. are Christians. <laughs> they, they, they've taken the test and they have fallen short wow, of what so the awful. Bible says. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And didn't he say like four percent of millennials have a Christian worldview? That's right. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, there's a rise also in the nuns. You know what the nuns are? I'm not talking about the ones with the habit <laughs> that go to the Catholic uh, Church. Um, I'm talking about the nuns. N o n E, S, nuns. They have. They don't identify with any religion. Yeah, I'm not surprised. There's so been an increase. nothing is their religion. Nothing. Yeah, they're they're not affiliated with any church. They might be spiritual. They may be, you know, that kind of a they thing. They pray to like, nothing. Uh, it's really the religion, <laughs> the religion of self. And, totally. And yep. Self love I mean, and self. Self. Um, who's on the throne? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's called humanism. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's called sin. Prevalent. It's 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 pretty much replaced the religion of self has pretty much replaced the Bible's exactly. place in our culture at this point in time, and it's awful because you can see how it plays out with abortion and the you do what you feels best. Yep. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's all about and that. So that's a, 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 um, a form of idol worship. Exactly, right? and mm-hmm. everyone wants to worship something. So you're never going to find a person that is 
completely without worshiping anything because that's part of we who we are innately. Right. Exactly. We're made in the image of God. And, you know, part the of the chief end of man is to serve and glorify right. God. Exactly. So, and, and so part of our natural desire is to worship something. Even if you think you're being, you know. And so when, we're do, when the world is doing this self worship, you see how it conflicts with biblical Christianity because the Apostle Paul is the one that told us through, you know, and this is through God telling, you know, telling the Apostle Paul to write this down is to walk in the spirit and put to death your old self. Yes. Put yourself to death, right? And you've, you've heard the acronym JOY, right? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus others, others, yourself. Actually, I don't like yourself at the end. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I like Jesus, others, put yourself to death. <laughs> Job. It, you're not, on, like you're not on the list. You're not to serve yourself. Right. No. Jesus, others, kill yourself. There is yeah. a... <laughs> You have to die to sin. We do not. Uh, but, but, okay, when I say that, when I say that, I mean, <laughs> I you mean live, live to Christ, die to self. Right, like right? die. Yeah, you know, we're dead. We are not encouraging suicide. In so, no, not literal. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're, we, we Rich, are not Chrissy Teigen. We, we're, we're against euthanasia, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. Very much so. Yes. Any. Uh, the taking of life is God's prerogative. That's right. In That's right. all mm-hmm. circumstances, whether uh, it's the moment after conception all the way up to where you need full care yeah. and uh, cannot survive on your own because you're in your late 80s or 90s and struggling. Yes, and this this whole new religion of self and... Well, it's not really new. I mean, it's been around since the beginning of time. <laughs> yes, you're right. It has been. It's, but it's true. This new... Real, or not new. This religion of self really does promote, well, I don't want to care for these people anymore, so put them why? in a nursing home. Well, yeah, and it ignores the, the the beauty and, and sanctity of life, and it it completely undermines everything that we are as humans. It, it, it equates us to animals. I had a good friend who was dying of bone cancer, and Aww. it took him a while to pass away. And, you know, there's those people who would ask those questions. Why does God let us suffer? Why doesn't he let him off the hook? Why doesn't he let the family off the hook? And the only thing I could think of to respond is you don't know what God is doing in his heart or in the heart of his family members. That's now, such a my, good... my friend's name was Pat. He did pass away, but he was praying for his son's salvation. Who knew what that scenario did in the hearts of his sons absolutely That's and so uh, true johnny erickson tata she she went through i i don't know if if anybody knows her story but she went oh, yeah. went through um i saw such, the movie yeah such oh, yeah, a hard time <laughs> and and we did a play about it <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things she said is why would god make an excuse for me it, it we shouldn't be asking why would why would God do this and give us this? It would be, why would God give us an excuse and let us off the hook? Because right. part of right. living in a broken world is that we have these these things. And you're not going to get a broken world without having those things. That is such and, a good comment, Eliana. And I think, like, for our non-believing friends who are asking that question, why? It's like, I just keep thinking that what they're really asking for is heaven here on earth. Right. Mm -hmm. So they want... Utopia. They want what God is going to give us uh, in heaven here on earth. So why does bad things happen? Why do people get cancer? Why do people die? It's because of the sin of the earth. And they they see and know the injustice of it all. Exactly. And you can't have... You can't have sin without having brokenness and pain either. Those those two things, you can't get one or the other. 
And the in the thing is, we don't see past the other side. We right. don't know what the Lord has in store for us for eternity. Like, and when we, we think of eternity, of course, yet. our our minds can't get our head mind around it. But eternity is not going to compare to the eighty right. or so years we have and here it's on Earth. Like that parallel Corey Tenboom used of the back of a tapestry. I mean, it looks like a mess because you've got threads tangled yes. and just knotted I but when you analogy. turn it over it's this beautiful picture oh yeah and we don't see it or like paul says in first corinthians it was like oh i forgot the words but now i see like in part but then i will see fully that's right even as i have been fully well known. said that, that's awesome girls i love it what do you see that your public school friends are struggling with right now that maybe you're not or what do you see uh, your public school friends um, missing out on that you have? I would say I'd like to um, answer the second question first about what they're missing out on. What I've seen mainly my friends missing out on is probably just having a big community that's like-minded and able to nurture them and um, encourage them, them in their grow. faith. Yeah, help them in their faith and their their uh, their beliefs and, and their yeah what they believe in and, and to help grow them up in that way yeah Great. i mean i think it's harder to make deeper friendships when you are in a group of people who well one don't think the same way and two are often hostile to your beliefs and quick to throw you under the bus if right. you stray from the group think yeah and i've had several friends who've gone through college and since they didn't rely on their anchor. They didn't use scripture throughout or as consistently as they did at home. Um, when they're out in this secular atmosphere, they've bought lies. Which is why it's so important to set up daily habits of reading your Bible and yes. right. and praying. They, it, it, it's yeah. And when you go to public school, I feel like that's harder to stress because it's not used in your curricula and it's, and it's discouraged not, in public right, school. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Well, there's such a thing as called snares. So when you buy lies, you also make your more apt to fall into a snare, which is a trap of the devil. And that trap is faulty worldly thinking, right? And mm -hmm. it can have long-lasting impacts on how you live your life, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's so true. There are a couple of my friends that um, I don't really, can't really talk to anymore because they've bought into the lie of critical race theory and that if I don't accept that I have right white privilege, then I am just a horrible human being. Yes, I, I've and, been blocked yeah. by friends on, on Instagram for some of the stuff that I've posted and for not bowing down, I guess, to the lie that is, you know, black lives do matter, but and so do all other lives because we're made in the image of God, not because of the right. tone of our skin. And what about white privilege? What does the Bible say about white privilege? It doesn't that, say anything that about it's it. It's a blessing. I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> well, the Bible says we that we're all. I mean, if we have privilege, it's because God has given right. it to us. I it's mean, not privilege. It, it's a blessing. It's Are not we supposed to apologize for the blessings God has given us? No, and it's not based on, like, your skin tone either. Nope. I mean, it says, you know, Jew, we're, Greek, right? slave, free, all are one in Christ so, Jesus. So when, when Martin Luther King said way back in the civil rights struggle, 
that he wants his children to be able to grow up and be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin, that's actually a paraphrase from the Bible that says God doesn't judge a man by his outward appearance, but by his heart. Mm. Wow. If that's the way we are to be looking at it, if we get so-called privilege, Mm -hmm. that's because God is judging us in our heart and is either entrusting us or testing us or you know <laughs> expanding our kingdom not everybody's equal in god's kingdom right mm-hmm. he god god I mean, they're all of equal worth and value don't get right. me wrong there god's word says to delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart so right. if that if god is giving you the desires of your heart and people are calling it privilege you should just know smile and say have a nice day (laughs) or you could use it as an opportunity to share the gospel well you know why (laughs) right so so jesus tells the story of the the parable of the uh, talents right and he gave one person so much and another person even more and another person even more and said show me what you can do with the talents i gave you that's what god does with us now Mm -hmm. uh, jenna you play piano eliana you play guitar i can't play anything but the radio (laughs) Those are the talents I've got. And you do it really well. Yes, I yes, do. Thank yes, you, Jenna. Very, very well. <laughs> I think another uh, part of the homeschool world is that a lot of us, we're just, uh, we, we get the chance to do a lot of different instruments. And so That's true. I, know, I don't know how you guys do it, but all of us have to take piano growing up. And then we can do other instruments we want to do. So Kevin kind of plays piano too. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. All all of us play piano. Good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I've got to wait till a little the little boys get a little bit bigger and then <laughs> they'll be able to. I do have one more question and that it would be if you could speak to whoever's listening who's right now on the fence, should I homeschool or should I continue to allow my children to sit under government education? Um, what would you say to them? And and do me a favor, don't try to give the argument to convince them but from your hearts what would you say to this parent because um, many parents struggle with the idea of how do we make ends meet how do we pay the bills if one of us has to stay home and homeschool like there are decisions that they have to make so what would you say to them um, if if you could I would say, do you know what the schools are teaching your child? Like, do you actually know what's being fed into exactly. your child's heart and yeah. mind for six hours a day? Six, mm-hmm. seven hours, how much it is. And then I would also say, if you're worried about, you know, your bills or things like that, the Bible, I mean, we just use this verse, trust in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, and it also, you know, God's going to give you what you need as long as you are working to honor him and to bring glory to him. And... I mean, what better way than by trying to raise your children up to be Christ followers and to help then spread the kingdom and bring others to him. Exactly. And, you know, I don't want to just say, you know, you should homeschool. It's the best thing that's ever happened. It is is the best thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because the truth is, is that we we do have struggles. You know, money is a thing. But and, you know, like my dad said and, and Kenneth said, you know, trusting in the Lord, that's a good thing. Also reaching out to the homeschool community. I know at least around us, people are very willing to help you and there's different organizations that they put together in different local areas that will help you uh, do things to get started. Exactly, get started and to learn and yeah. That's great, Eliana. How about you, Jenna? The homeschool community, I just want to add on to what Eliana was saying. It's 
it's enormous. Um, you don't really have to look and far. Growing. It's yes. like yes. when you spot one homeschooler, suddenly you see like 20 more. Yeah. The lights go on in the board and you're just like, wow. I yeah. did not know. It's like a secret little community too. It's like everybody knows at least someone you know. It's and it's the very people, it's, it's not surprising to like know one homeschooler who then knows like half of the other people you know and to suddenly realize like it's all interconnected. Well, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, it's your duty as a parent to train up your child in the way you should go and I know we've quoted that so many times and it kind of has become cliche but it's, it's important it's very <laughs> true yeah. and so if you believe that you want your children to grow up and follow the faith of their fathers then as Vodi Bakum says when you send your children to Caesar don't be surprised they come back as Romans if mm. you are training them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord they are not going to turn out as what Eliana said earlier, into a mob mentality. They're not going to be thinking with the group thing. Exactly. They're going to have individual thoughts. So let, let me ask before we wrap this up, and we're going to wrap this up here because we've, got, we've, <laughs> got, we've gotten quite a few, uh, a long time on this. Surprise, this ladies is great. like to talk. <laughs> no, it, it's what a blessing. It's an encouragement to me to see all of you talking uh, about your experience and, and how the uh, Christian faith and the Word of God has been impressed upon your hearts in your mind, which is so important. Um, but as, to follow up on Rich's question, how important do you think your relationship with your mother and father is in this whole homeschooling thing? Do you think you would have as close of a relationship with your mother, with your father, mm -hmm. if you were going to the government schools? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's for that's sure. That's for no. sure, no. Would you change that? No. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. not change it. I, I love no having such a close relationship to my parents. Sorry and just our family in general. Mm -hmm. It has strengthened your family bonds. Very much so. I Compared to, and you know, I don't want to do com like comparisons and everything, but when I, I enter into like a public school setting with a family who's public schooled, the, often the siblings are at odds and, you know, they, they're kind of they're strangers to Can't wait to get away to from mom other. and dad. Exactly. Right. Can't wait to get out of the home. <laughs> we just we love our parents and <laughs> right i mean it's great too because you know one of the co-ops we do it involves a lot of different age or it's not a co-op it's just a family that you know hosts history class but it a lot of different ages and homeschoolers have a lot of siblings often and so there's a lot of siblings in the class and i love seeing them get along and just be able to like the friendly play. banter exactly right. oh, yeah. friendly banter. <laughs> yes dr rob reno uh who's uh, a friend of this ministry uh, a great christian leader uh he he runs an organization called visionary families he posted this on his uh, his facebook page just the other day quote when it comes to the mission of reaching unsaved kids and teens we have dramatically overestimated the evangelistic impact of church programs and dramatically underestimated the evangelistic impact of the Christian family. Amen. And mm. the point there is mothers and fathers, grandmothers and grandfathers have a tremendous opportunity to um, shape and mold the next generation much more than a youth pastor, much more than even a senior pastor. And let me add this too. Big brothers and sisters can also have a dramatic influence mm. yeah. on their younger when siblings. This is uh, stereotypical, but the little toddlers, you know, when, when they're young and, you know, they're cuddling, what do, what, what do they say? When I grow up, I want to be just like you. 
Mm-hmm. And That's right. mm-hmm. so mothers and fathers don't really understand the influence they have over these children who want to be them and want to copy everything that they do. I mean, they're watching. Yeah, Always they watching. Yep. So last year, um, Jenna, your big brother was out in the yard and he was working hard and he took off his shirt and he kept working. You know, he's sweating. And guess what his little brothers did? They lost, look, they lost their shirts, too. You look outside, and you're like, what on earth is going on back there? <laughs> and and, and, and they, they followed, you know, they were they were mimicking their big brother. Even Owen, who's, you know, just a year old. when the, li- our, when little, the our littlest one, yes. When, when our little brothers, who are about five and seven, they're outside, and, you know, they were uh, working on uh, cleaning out the pool area. So, like, they were moving sticks and everything, and they had taken off their shirts because they thought, they think it looks cool. <laughs> and so, Owen... He's, he's sitting and he's watching them and he's looking at me and he's pulling at his shirt. <laughs> he wants to be just like his older brothers. I, I think that's incredibly cute. And let's not miss the point that this is what's going on with your children in the public school because you're not there and you're not the one taking the shirt off or being in their lives on a regular basis. Your children are mimicking mm the ones they're seeing for the greater amount of time. Mm. And they're mimicking what the public school wants to teach your children. And it's not about reading, writing, and arithmetic anymore. The reason why we have uh, the public school exit program here at Illinois Family Institute, the reason it's there is because we want to help you be back in the person's, uh, your children's eye that they look at you and want to mimic you, mm-hmm. not the school, not the school board, and not the mission of public schools these days, which is to teach abortion, anti-family, critical race theory. Yep. The list goes on. Gender that fluidity. Gender fluid. I can't even believe that we even talk about this issue. How can anybody talk about deciding to change their biological sex and having grown men dressed in drag talking about it to our little five-year-olds i can understand the perversion of it what i cannot understand is science which when they dig your body up a thousand years from now will know whether you were a boy or girl Right. That we can't Just even your tell bone structure. today. And it won't exactly. matter what you put on your gravestone that I am a woman. They will look at your bones and they say, no, that was a male. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But, right. but getting back to the point, the reason why we're uh, having this discussion is because we want your children to look at you as an example and grow up as you teach them godly values and not grow up to be uh, another godless face in this world. Like, let like, me quote. Let me give a quote regarding that from Jesus Christ, Luke chapter six, verse forty, who said, "A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher." Yes. And also, you know what the Apostle Paul says is, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." Right. So, who do you want your children to imitate? You want it. You know, you want them to imitate you as you imitate Paul as he imitates Christ. (laughs) Imitate Mrs. Jones as she's imitating um, uh, Vladimir Lenin. Or that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's your option is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And where did Vladimir Lenin come from? (laughs) 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 That is a good question. (laughs) But it's true. It's like it's only like a generation, too, away from losing the faith. 
The Bible talks about training up the next generation and passing the baton. Right. Like what exactly. dad says all the time. And so you, it's easy to see how quickly in one generation you can lose that faith or that biblical worldview. Exactly. The good news is there is a remnant of homeschoolers being trained in the word of God and in Bible character and, of course, academics <laughs> who will be coming forward. And we can just pray that as this world gets darker and more decaying, that they will shine so brightly that it'll bring many more people to Christ as a result. Exactly. And the kingdom, exactly. we know, because you guys talked about this earlier, you've read the end of the book, the kingdom is going to win. We the, are going to slay the dragon. And, the, and, 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 and his will will be done. Exactly. Earth, as it is in heaven. And just a, a, maybe a little charge, I guess, for all Christians um, is the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will hear the land. And the important part about that verse is it doesn't say if the people of the land, it says if my people. And Amen. so mm-hmm. it's really important to remember that we as Christians we're powerful because we serve an almighty God. And so if we humble ourselves and we, and if we pray and seek his face, and if we turn from our wicked ways, then he will hear and he will heal our land. And you know what? The odds may look horribly against us, but we serve a God who specializes. Exactly. Like Paul said, why did any of you think it's impossible for God to raise the dead? (laughs) Yes. Like one, one of our favorite pastors likes to quote, I, I forgetting the man who actually said this first, but God cleverly disguises victories as disasters. That's right. So even though the so, odds look so, so insurmountable. It, it looked like the devil won on Good Friday, exactly. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Until like Sunday. <laughs> then there was a Sunday, Easter Sunday. Praise God, huh? Mm-hmm. Praise All God. right. Well, with that said, I want to thank you so much for uh, recording this these podcasts with us. And um, and just I can't wait to see what you're going to do in the future here. Thanks for we having might have me. to yeah, do this an annual so thing until oh, uh, totally. <laughs> until, <laughs> so much fun. until you're married and have children and we can't do it no more. <laughs> you know, David, we need to ask these young ladies to come back, even invite a friend of, or two of theirs and talk about their cultural perspective. Yes. No, no, absolutely want to do that. Let me just give an announcement real quick too. October 29th, the Illinois Family Institute is going to have our annual banquet with Dr. Erwin Lutzer. I've already talked to Eliana here. She's going to do some great worship music before the event. So So if you want to meet one of us, guess how we're going to be. Yeah, Jenna's going to sing too, right? (laughs) You wish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I'll get you to play the the keyboards or something like that, right? Well, I'm here to serve, so. All right, there you go. Oh, wow, I love the humbleness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, if you want to learn more, go to our uh, website, IllinoisFamily.org. Click the events tab, and you'll find all the events that are upcoming uh, that you should be paying attention to. With that said, God bless you, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.